you, beautiful creation. I'm Tina Jackson, and today we are going to finish up on a series that I started the last two episodes. The first episode talked about how Satan is the ruler of this world. I wanted to give some background information about how Satan is going to bring temptations to each and every person. We're all going to experience trials and tribulations. It is a part of the testing in the fire, the part of basically being uh, put in the fire and having the dross come forth and having that purged and cleansed out of each of every, every one of us. None of us are going to escape testings and trials and tribulations. None of us. It is a part of the process uh, that we're going to experience in all the categories of our life of healing, family, work, uh, all the different facets that you could think of, we will get tried and tested. Will we, will we stay in faith? Will we walk with God? Will we stay faithful to which kingdom? The next episode that I had talked about was the differences that, uh, well, the, the experience people have when they fall into sin. They're going to experience shame and that shame comes upon them and it stops them from advancing into the things of God the way that they should. Some can operate with some shame hidden, thinking, okay, no one's ever going to know, and they just keep on pressing on and in and on. And, but deep inside, that shame is festering, and there's a blockage that will happen in order for the glory of God to really flow through a person. And this is even for Christian leaders and such. I mean, there'll be a blockage. God needs a pure and cleansed temple, one without spot or wrinkle. That is the one that he's coming back for. Jesus says, you know, I'm coming back for that church without spot or wrinkle. That means that there is no sin on us. There is no hidden things within us. And what the Lord was showing me is recently that this glory that is coming and is in here in some spots throughout, you know, the United States and throughout the world for that matter. This holy presence of God is going to sweep through this shame and condemnation and guilt that people are holding on to is going to surface. When that surfaces and the confessions come forth and they're going to start pouring forth in abundance. Some of us, some pretty much, I think everyone's probably going to get affected by someone else's sin that gets confessed. And there may be a spirit of where you're feeling betrayed there. You're, you're like, I didn't know that. And, um, or maybe it was a confirmation of things that you suspected that finally get exposed. And God was really putting this upon my heart, how the body of Christ isn't really ready for um, walking in this unconditional love of God, that there is this selfishness that is still upon the body of Christ because it's really not being taught in too many categories of people like feeling like, well, you did me wrong and now I'm angry as opposed to let's forgive them seven times, 70 times in a day. And God is just really putting on my heart, Tina, People needing to walk in my unconditional love is going to be mandatory in these days ahead because when all this hidden shame comes out and it's going to explode, people may feel wounded and hurt 
And God is saying, I need them to step back and begin to do what I've called them to do and be like Christ. Jesus was betrayed. Jesus was beaten and bruised and, and he was just had, you know, his best friends, you know, best friend turn on him. You know, there is going to be people close to you that when you hear of their hidden sin, whether it's like your child, your spouse, your, your sibling, your mom or your dad, or, you know, someone close coworker that maybe tried to do some slaying of swaying of positions and jobs and, you know, whatever it may be, these things are going to start to surface. And what the Lord was really putting on my heart to share with you is we need to look through this as the filter through the lenses of God and the love of God. When it is someone that you love and you may even have seen it to where something happened and you could see that something has happened in their life where they're turning away, you could see the shame that's on them. And maybe you've tried to pry it and prod it out of them, you know, especially kids, they seem to hide things so well. Um, they, there's this, this um, surfacing that's going to come forth. And what we may end up hearing is, may sound hurtful to us when they spill the beans, okay? But our perspective has to be on, finally, they're getting set free of their hidden sin, and their shame. And it needs to be a time of rejoicing. You know, Jesus, you know, said to, you know, uh, to pray for those that, you know, that, you know, bless your enemies and pray for those who despitefully use you. You know, this is something that takes a stance of, I need to extend mercy and grace and compassion to you even if you've betrayed me, even if you've been unfaithful to me, even if, you know, you did some sly stuff, even if you stole money, even if you did this or that, whatever the fill in the blank is, there has to become an extension of the mercy because what God is saying is please keep it into perspective that there is a demonic ruler in this earth that is deceiving people, that is tempting people, People go through times of weaknesses where they just, you know, they start drinking and doing drugs and then they do something foolish out of ignorance, out of just stupidity. And it's not necessarily what their heart was to begin with. And then they're left with this, this sin that's, that stained their soul. And so I really wanted to focus today on some scriptures about the love of God, how we need to put ourself down. You know, Jesus said, you know, uh, it's about crucifying yourself, crucifying your self stance and your word that you got to get out to defend, you know, to just scream and yell at someone. It's about putting that down and to take up a new perspective. If someone confesses some icky stuff, be thankful that hopefully now their soul is being saved. And now they can come back to God. And it's not necessarily about you. There are many times in betrayals, it's not even anything that person did, the victim that you could say, that they have done. They, they're completely innocent and then they've been betrayed. 
You have to look at it. It's not about you. It's about whatever they were tempted with. However, the devil came in and messed with them, made them speaking in their ear to do stuff. And they fell into that, you know, Satan is a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. And of course, if you are walking with the Lord, he is going to attack your family all the more. He's going to attack your children. He's going to attack your your marriage. He's going to attack your, your parents, your, anyone you love, anything that you do that you love. He's going to attack that because he wants to destroy the body of Christ into not walking in this unconditional love of God. Because love covers a multitude of sin. And love is not self-seeking. It does not seek its own. So let's go ahead and take a moment. Let's look at some scriptures real quick as we um, just go through this. And we'll start with the Matthew 18 because I need to prepare your heart. There are some of you that you are going to start truly hearing some things that you suspected that uh, now your, your, your loved one or family member, whoever it may be, coworker, finally get set free from that sin and you need to take it as a time of rejoicing, even if it was against you, even if you lost money in the process because of lawsuits or whatever. You need to rejoice that their soul is getting saved and that they're coming out of the clutches of the enemy. Okay? Because they probably can't even worship the Lord. They may have worshiped the Lord at one time and pulled away. They pulled away because of the shame, because of the guilt and the condemnation, and they don't feel worthy to go to the Lord. And now with that confession that's coming and it's going to sweep through this nation abundantly. I can't, I just cannot tell you more than it's just going to be so huge. And please prepare your heart and don't take things totally personally. I mean, you may be guilty because you didn't come up to the plate and help support some things or you were stuck in your own world because you were sick and this and that. Please take a step back and let's look at some scriptures of how Jesus handles things and let's be an example of Christ in the earth, okay? Jesus needs to be your all in all. He needs to be everything. The Bible also talks about, you know, uh, you know, forsaking your, your, your mother, your father, your daughter, your son to follow Christ. Will you be willing to do that? Does Christ matter more than your family? And this is a crucifying of your flesh in your heart in those times of betrayal to say, Lord, I am just called to love. I'm called to love the unlovely. I'm called to love those that have spitefully used me and have betrayed me because they were ignorant in sin and they were deceived. The enemy swooped in and messed with them. And that mercy and compassion needs to swell up in you, in the body of Christ on a, a massive level, because that's not what's being preached in all the churches. And that's surely not what's being taught on media. Media is all about yourself and look out for yourself and, and you know, the vengeance of trying to, to mess with someone else. God has this vengeance. God will take care of the vengeance and the vindication. And it's coming to know Jesus and the Lord God Almighty to rest in that. Even if you don't see it come for years, the, the, the justification and the vengeance. God doesn't want any to perish. He wants all to come to the knowledge of Christ Jesus and to be saved. And that needs to be our heart as the body of Christ 
and really get this settled in. I, 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 there's, oh, I know I keep saying it, but there's just this, this settling in your heart. You have to be ready to walk in love. You have to be ready to walk in this unconditional love that's going to hit because when your loved ones, they just spill these beans. And I know I've said this probably three times already. You have to be ready to love them through it. Okay, so let's look at some scriptures. Matthew 18, 21 and 22. Then Peter came to him, meaning Jesus, and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and forgive him? Up to seven times? And Jesus said to Peter, I did not say to you up to seven times, but to 70 times seven. 70 times seven times in a day is what we're to forgive our loved ones, our brother, our fellow Christians, our loved ones, our co-workers. If they come fast and they come clean, we need to forgive. And I know in some circumstances, it's going to be huge circumstances, you know, with I can't even imagine with like a rape or a murder of some kind. But we need to come to that, that part with God. And I, the only thing I could tell you is seeking the Lord with all your heart and soul to get this purged and cleansed from your spirit. Infidelity. Spouses that have cheated on your, you know, spouses. Having mercy and compassion. You know, a lot of times they do those things and then it gets stuck in this spiral because now they're already a sinner and they just keep going and going and they're trying to hide it and live this dual life because it feels so secretive to live on the edge of, of losing everything. And it's that, that whole thing of the desire of the enemy that messes with their head and just deceives them and pulls them away from the things of God. And all the more we need to pray for them. We need to have mercy on them. Our kids you know, partaking in sexual things or, or drugs or alcohol or whoever it may be. And they're doing it in secret and they're trying to hide it and it's just bringing them down, down, down. All the more we need to lift them up in prayer and pray and bathe them over the, with the blood of Jesus. So let's go ahead. When We'll look at um, 1 Corinthians 13 and most of you are aware of that being the love chapter, but... When you're faced with those times of betrayals, you need to really, really, really read every translation of 1 Corinthians 13. I know I did a series on the love series where God had me do a seven-day challenge of reading 1 Corinthians 13 in all the different translate, well, not all the different, in various translations to really try to settle it in my heart because I knew it was coming that the love of God must, must rise up because that is when the bride of Christ is going to be without spot or wrinkle. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4, Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked thinks no evil, does not rejoice in inequity, but rejoices in truth, 
bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. This is huge. I know it is preached so much in the body of Christ, but it's being just talked over as just a beautiful love chapter. But when you get, you, everyone will get tested and tried in this. Everyone, you must pass these tests. Otherwise, you're going to keep going around the mountain over and over and over. And it has to get so purified in you to take no records of wrongs done to you. To think evil of no one. To keep the perspective, oh my gosh, my friend or my loved one has been deceived. That the enemy is after them. Thinking and seeing it with a different perspective, not so much that it's against you and a personal attack against you to destroy you. It's about they are being deceived. They're not walking in love. They don't know the fellowship of God because if they did, they wouldn't be doing what they should be, you know, be doing is that respecting and, and honoring and loving. So we, we need to get that into perspective. I love, love, love. First John, um, the first John series at the back of your, your, um, your Bible here. So there's first John one, two, three, four. And first John is a wonderful, wonderful section of the Bible that really talks about sin and loving through it because God is love. We need to become more like God. God says, I've cr I created you to be in my image and in my likeness. That means that we have to tap into this agape love, this unconditional love, no strings attached. It's not about you saying you love me so that way I know that you love me and now I'm going to love you. No, it's I love you. Whether you say I love you back, I love you. I want the best for you. And having that be the, the motive, it's not about the self-seeking of, well, reciprocate back to me. I mean, it is nice if they do, obviously a person does, but we need to become love and have that love overflow out of us to other humans. And it's that love that, that will never fail. You know, it's going to, it's going to go forth and accomplish things. Guard your heart, stay close to God, receive your affirmation from God, not from man. Man is going to fail you every single time. Mankind has faults. They get tempted. You yourself will get tempted at times. You're going to fall. A, a righteous man may fall seven times, but you get up. When you fall, you get up. You confess your sin. You don't let the enemy have legal jurisdiction and right to you. You confess it. You get on. But there are times that, you know, some people just get stuck in that rut and then they get these, the, the enemy has legal rights and just tries to bring them down, down, down. So we have to become the love to help pray, guide them out, to give them unconditional love and to help overcome the evil. Okay, so 1 John, um, 1 John 1, 9, let's look at that. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And if we say we have no sin, have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. God is forever looking for us to confess. 
and to get rid of all of the sin because then we become a pure vessel. Even hatred and jealousy, self-seeking ambition, hey, you need to love me in order for me to do this, this, and this. That's a sin. And we need to confess that. We need to get that out of us. We need to be those pure and holy vessels and to just go before the Lord. And, and you know, there are times that when everything's crashing down on you and you're feeling betrayed and you're feeling like, oh my gosh, I did my absolute best and this person just ran over me. They're, they're, you know, they're talking bad about me. They're saying false witnesses against me, whatever it may be, you, you know, and they're, they're loved ones, they're close ones, and they're lying about you. And they're, you know, they're trying to destroy your reputation. Those are the times you need to just get so settled into God and say, God, purge from me any anger I feel, any resentment I feel towards this person. Help me to see through your eyes that they are being deceived and I need to pray for them and all the more pray in tongues. Praying in tongues is an effective and powerful tool. And again, in my book, Mysteries Revealed on Speaking in Tongues, I have the first or second chapter that talks about praying for challenging people and how God moved abundantly in that situation unbeknownst to me over a 10-month period of time. And that person got um, saved, filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, re I don't want to say resaved, but rededicated to the Lord and filled with the Holy Spirit and began to get on fire for the Lord. Just even by just praying at a distance. I wasn't even active in their life very much. And the praying in tongues is a powerful, powerful tool. So... Um, Getting back to what we were talking about is, you know, praying about confessing your sins, forgiveness of sins. We will fall short. We need to keep before the Lord and be cleansed and holy and righteous in the eyes of God. Amen. So don't hold on to any shame, even yourself. And then keep the perspective. Others have hidden things too that need to get brought out and just guard your heart. Okay. Stay close to God. All right, looking at John 2.9, this is really good, okay? John 2.9 says, He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Ouch. This is talking about fellow Christians in the body of Christ that begin to hate and despise one another and you're of the same family. And God is trying to do a gentle rebuke saying, you cannot be saying you're walking in the light when you hate your brethren. Again, you've lost sight of what the spiritual realm is going on you are looking at things as a natural human being and not understanding Ephesians 6 that we are, you have to keep it at the forefront about Satan being the ruler of this earth. And there are principalities and powers and, and things of darkness that are coming against each and every one of us. And there are just sometimes your, your brethren, your, your, your family member, your loved one, your fellow Christian is going to fall short and even yourself at times. And you have to just keep that into perspective and say, I just find, extend mercy and compassion to you. And all the more, we need to pray for one another to come out from the clutches of the evil temptations of this world. Okay. 
we need to take this lamb back. And the way to take this lamb back is to walk and learn about the agape love of God, the compassion and the mercy of God, and to extend our hand and saying, I forgive you for what you have done to me. You know, if they come and confess it to you and just say, I love you. I love you. I'm glad that you, you, you're free from the, the spiritual rights of the enemy talking. You've gone to the throne room of heaven. Now you got the blood of Jesus that has washed you clean. Now the enemy has no more rights to you. You're free now. You're free. Praise God. Let's make reconciliation. Let's make restoration. Amen. And remember, do what you got to do to self-sacrifice yourself in the sense of saying, it's not always about me. The sins of other people are not direct things of hitting us per se. Step back and just say, God, I just plead mercy over them. I'm so thankful you're showing me that they're coming out of this darkness and I'm going to pray for them. And if you don't, then you need to get <laughs> into the love of God to understand mercy and compassion and forgiveness for yourself. Okay, let's go ahead and look at 1 John 3, verse 10, the latter part of 10. It says, whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. Wow, wow, wow. And also, let's look at verse 11. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Amen. That's what it's all about. It's all about loving one another. That's what Jesus did. He came to show love. He came to wash people clean, to set them free of their sin, and to pour the love and the forgiveness of God back on them so they could come now boldly to the throne of grace. We are called to love one another. We are called to have mercy and compassion on one another. I know there's a, a parable in the Bible where it talks about the mercy and compassion you're needing to have you know, if your debts have been forgiven, now you need to forgive others of their debts and, you know, don't become a miser, you know, and there is just this beautiful love of God that he wants us to, to experience and to flow in and through and upon us out to the nations. And this is the part of the way we're going to take this land back because the more we can extend that love and mercy, the more those people that come out of the shame, they're going to get radically on fire for God because now they've been set free and now the love of God can flow through them and out into the nations as well. So it's this great, beautiful, you know, wheel within a wheel that happens of, of the sin getting brought to the surface, the forgiveness coming, the mercy and compassion coming, the agape love, and then people just begin to spread it throughout the land. That is what's coming, this glory of God of coming and it's so convicting. It is a fear of God in a good way, a fear of God of knowing that I love you, Lord. I don't want to be out of your presence. I totally want to walk in your kingdom here on earth and be that representative. And God is going to learn to guard, teach you how to guard your heart so you don't take things personally and you are able to walk in a greater power and authority when you go to lay hands on the sick and he is able to move through you because you are a totally clean vessel and you're working out of love, not out of works, not out of, I got to do this. No, it's a pure love that will flow through you and out into the nations. I just need to speak a prayer, a blessing over you right now. So Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are preparing our hearts for what is coming. 
and how the betrayals may be brought to the surface and how we're not going to take this as offensive. We are going to have mercy and compassion upon those that are confessing their sins, that are getting cleansed and right and that are coming to you, Father. We thank you for this outpouring that's coming. We thank you that we get to walk in agape love to be the representation of Christ here on this earth. We thank you that we are co-laboring with you for taking this land back. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, receiving now that special anointing of the Holy Ghost of agape love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm Tina Jackson, and remember that you are a beautiful creation in Christ Jesus. 